0: Hello and welcome to the Sportingly Average Podcast, Episode 5, Aussie Week. We're going uh, down under for this week. Uh, I'm your host, Phil, and joined as ever by the very freshly trimmed Mr. Alex Jupp. Uh, Alex, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> I think that might be the first time you've ever called me Alex. It's an, weird, a, isn't it? Definitely a first. It's strange. I don't like it. <laughs> but um, I do like it. Yeah, I it's yeah, less less caveman and slightly yeah. more professional. Yeah, that's for sure. Just right. for this podcast,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, and then, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending uh, the way you look at it, uh, we're not joined by Reese this week. Um, so, uh, what's part of the inspiration behind this week's theme? He is actually uh, in Australia uh, for for a friend's wedding. Um, so, hope that's going well. And he's enjoying himself. Um, but yeah, so he can't join us this week. Um, but that's why we're doing Australia Week. So you've just got me and uh, Jupp. So we're down one, one high quality
1: input of stats. Oh, We'll have to. Uh, mm. I, what... The rumors are that he was so sick of the negative feedback about his American sports that he just decided to sack it all in and go to Australia. Yeah. It's not even a wedding. He's just made it all up.
0: He's run away, run away from the responsibilities. He's just done a yeah. Um, that's not like race <laughs> But no, which which does mean also Juppy is saved from a uh, a week of the sporting quiz I was thinking about doing oh, it and yeah. just giving you I points. That. I was thinking about doing it and just giving you the points and not race, but that's a little
1: unfair. I think you should anyway. Just give just give me five points because he he did cheat last week.
0: Yeah. I mean Yeah. Play it back rumours are that, uh, yeah. you know, just putting two answers down for the same question. Ridiculous. Hideous. Um, but yeah, so this week, uh, Australia week, all themes around, uh, unsurprisingly, Australian teams, players. Uh, we haven't done, I don't think we've done anything on uh, Aussie rules just because we'd embarrass ourselves by uh, knowing absolutely nothing <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, before we get into anything Australian, um, we'll do our usual highly topical stats of the week. Well, it could be Australian. Um, mine is not, however um mine this week is all around uh bogey teams and bogey venues so what inspired this uh was the recent victory by the argentinian men's rugby team the pumas over new zealand the all blacks um so the reason this was significant was argentina beat uh new zealand 25 18 And it's the first time they've ever beaten New Zealand in New Zealand. Uh, So I thought kind of given they play each other quite a lot and I'll go into the kind of numbers behind it in a second. uh, Did a little bit of further reading around sort of bogey teams and anyone who struggles to win um, in certain venues against certain teams. Um, And so just to go through the kind of significance of this win. So in New Zealand, they've played 16 times. Um, And it's now 15-1 to New Zealand. In Argentina, they've paid 13 times. Uh, New Zealand have won 12 and there's been one draw. So Argentina haven't won at home to New Zealand either. Um, And then in neutral venues, so presumably just World Cups. I'm not sure they'd play any other neutral venues. um, They've paid five. And Argentina have won one and New Zealand have won four so in total they played 34 times and it's 31 for new zealand two for argentina and one draw and um, yeah they finally broke their duck in in new zealand um winning uh, a rather thrilling 25 18 um match the the last week so well done to argentina and it's kind of comes at a good time playing New Zealand, I guess, because they've—I believe—they've now lost six of their last eight games, which for New Zealand, oh really, is unheard of. Really, yeah. given they, what 2013, I think it was, was their unbeaten year. They've got entire calendar years without without losing a game. So suddenly mm. to have lost six of their last eight, I'm not sure if it's they're just playing around with things before the World Cup. You'd, you'd assume they're going to get their act together. I
1: mean, it is New Zealand, but. Yeah, I don't really think they operate that way, do they? They're kind of all in um, or, or all out, and they just want to win every game.
0: Yeah. Well, they um,
1: Between World Cups,
0: they do tend to... They do a lot of messing around with the squad, a lot more than other Test Nations. So you'll see a lot odder starting 15s than, than with, like, in England or Wales, but I'm not too sure. You'd have thought. Isn't
1: the new coach for argentina as well um the ex aussie coach michael oh checker uh, whatever his name is che- yeah michael checker his infamous character uh, i didn't realize right. oh, i didn't
0: realize that if it, if it is then then yeah he, he managed yeah, australia he for, quite, for a number of years didn't he
1: yeah um isn't there that iconic footage of him celebrating i think it was at twickenham uh, or when did they beat us in the twenty fifteen World Cup, was it? And they did they actually destroyed us? Uh yeah, Australia Batford of...
0: England in the group stage, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and I just remember watching him celebrate I think it was in the like in the, the coach's box. Somewhat area, animated I Yeah, I can't say what I thought, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he just he has a really ugly playing like coaching style. Sorry, he has a really ugly uh, approach to the way his teams play rugby, which I don't like. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, he, he's got Argentina win there against New Zealand. That's that's, that's enormous. Yeah. No. it's exactly a good side. So.
0: Yeah. Argentina, well done to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, it kind of got me thinking about uh, bogey teams and because whilst New Zealand are just definitely a better team than Argentina, to have a such a stark thirty one and two record. Like they're 0 for 13 at home, they're they're now one for 15 away, kind of thing. They're not that different. If I said New Zealand are gonna play Argentina 34 times, you wouldn't have Argentina only winning two. Like realistically, I wouldn't have thought. Mm. Um, so maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. Um but I was trying to think of examples where not just oh, so and so's beaten another team 20 times in a row because they're just better. I was trying to find examples of like really unusual bogey teams and like where where it doesn't really make sense. Um, so one of them is in F one, which we will probably spend too long on, but recent here to tell us we can't talk about F one, <laughs> so we'll do it anyway. Um, but the first one was Jurgen Klopp, um, obviously the Liverpool football manager. Um, would you just take? Uh, To guess, he has played well, teams he's managed has played Sevilla, uh, the Spanish side, seven times. Um, So he played them twice when he was the manager of Mainz, Mainz 05. Um, Not actually sure who they are back in 2005. Um, Twice as Dortmund manager and three times as Liverpool manager. How many times of those seven do you think he's won, drawn, and lost? What do you reckon his record is? Severe. Uh like Severe, good, not well They're right, aren't they? Yeah. Definitely not but
1: well played. I've never is. had I mean Mains. Dortmund. Dortmund and Liverpool, I assume, maybe at least one of each. So but then if it's a bogey team, has he lost all seven? Or has he won all seven? Let's so, go lost all seven.
0: Uh he has won none of them. Yeah. And he's drawn three. Drawn three, lost four in seven meetings. Um, which really surprised me. Because, you know, yeah, Dortmund were getting to Champions League finals. Mm-hmm. Liverpool were winning the Premier League and the Champions League. Um, so I guess the one caveat was the last time he played them with Liverpool in 2016, 2017, which was kind of early on in his management of them, um, kind of several years before they were kind of the threat they are now. But even so... Um, that did uh, did surprise me. There are other there are other surprising ones as well. That's where managers have um, really struggled against teams. But this was like the only really surprising zero percent win for for lots of games because you know he's played at least twice with three different teams and yet to yet to work yeah. out. Um, and these are all
1: Champions League, I'm assuming, as well, right?
0: Um, Yeah, they'd have all been... Uh, yeah. No, Mainz would have almost certainly been Europa League. But but yeah, oh, European right. competition. Yeah, European football. European, yeah. European football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the other kind of bogey team, uh, well, not v- team, but bogey venue, um, I looked at was in Formula One. So uh, I took a look at Lewis Hamilton's record Um, and basically where he's won um, and not won, where he's been very successful and very unsuccessful. And I was absolutely gobsmacked. I was absolutely gobsmacked um, by some of the results. So um, obviously he's won 107 races now, something like that. Um, But uh, do you know where he's won most? So this helps put it into perspective.
1: Uh, Silverstone's up there. I think he's he's won there five times. Um, Singapore will be up there as well. Um,
0: so he has one in bare, bare one in Silverstone, and Hungary, oh, yeah. Hungary, okay, both eight times,
1: eight times, no, eight
0: times, uh, and then Canada seven, um. Singapore's only four, only. Oh, really? <laughs> um, hmm. But I was looking at tracks where they've raced at basically every year for his career. Um, mm-hmm. And there's two that he's only won at twice, um, despite having raced there every year except COVID. Um,
1: w- would you take a guess at either? You've, you can I reckon one's with... probably one in Germany. Uh, German Grand Prix. Not the, not the Nürburgring. Maybe Hockenheim.
0: Uh, nope.
1: Or maybe Japan. So the I one have... German Grand Prix is four.
0: Japan's four. five. Okay.
1: Japan's five.
0: So he has only won twice at both Brazil. Oh yeah. And um. Uh, Australia.
1: Oh, really? Which really, really surprised me. That's a surprise, yeah. Um, Australia's first calendar, it's the first um, race of the calendar, isn't it? Uh,
0: not anymore. Is it not? It definitely used to be. It's not anymore. I don't think. Because there was
1: the statistic that if whoever won the like first race in the season always lost the championship.
0: Yeah, yeah, they always came second. That was like five years in a row or something. Um Although, having said that, I think Wikipedia might be wrong, because they've got his two Brazilian Grand Prix wins as 2016 and 2018, but he won there last year. Did he not? Did he? Because that was when he had the engine change, started Mm. at the back of the sprint race, and then... um, Bet, yeah, um, he won in, Verstappen massively yeah. forced him off the track. So I'm going to write into Wikipedia, and they've
1: got it. Unless that it's, could be, I mean, Verstappen forcing Hamilton off the track could be in most races. To last season,
0: yeah. So well for, for Australia at least, it'll be. Um, yeah, I wonder why they don't have his 21 because they've got his 21 wins for everything else got up to date. Um, alas, um, be at yeah, Australia twice. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's just kind of I wonder why because even in years where Mercedes were winning everything, it's still... Because there, there were years where Rosberg was winning in Brazil, Rosberg was winning in Australia, so it's not like it was, just wasn't the track for for Hamilton. Um, another very unsuccessful venue for him is Monaco. Actually, he's only won three times in Monaco. Um, which really? is really surprising given how good he is at qualifying and how much mm. qualifying matters at Monaco. You'd have thought he just qualifies first and... Ghost and yeah. Um, but yeah. So bogey, bogey venues. It is weird because weird how kind of some teams or some places can just have that control over you almost. But
1: because Didn't, hear, um, like, Danny... That... Didn't uh, Danny Rick win at win at Monaco, win at Monaco in 2017?
0: Uh, I'm not sure year, 18? but he did because he's got that really famous photo of him swan diving into the pool. Yeah. He won, there with Red Bull, for sure.
1: And the car was basically broken, wasn't it? And then he yeah. moved to Renault the following year. Yeah. Mm. Nice, Aussie link, nice Aussie link there. Nice link there. Totally deliberate.
0: <laughs> How about you? What's your uh, Aussie... Uh, not Aussie week. Uh, your stats of the week,
1: sorry. So stats of the week. Small blunder. It's also about Formula One. Nice. Um, mostly because there was some news a couple of days ago announced that it's been highly rumored and, t- and anticipated that Audi are entering Formula yes. One. Um, it's been met with a mostly positive reaction, and that's mostly me reading stuff on Reddit and going through the comments and seeing what. Just quickly were on thinking that, what did you, do you uh, what did you make of the concept car? Have you seen I love just... love the livery colour. It looks yeah. cool. Doesn't That's it? classic it Audi, though. It does look yeah, really Yeah, cool. the black and red. Yeah. Um, but who knows what that twenty twenty six car would look yeah. like? Um, it probably have only may have six wheels or something stupid. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've so I've had a look into the history of Audi and you know, what their approaches are to, and stuff like that into into motorsport because they're actually a fairly successful motorsport team. I didn't, I knew of aspects and specs such as their rally and their Le Mans stuff, but um, I wasn't aware of some of the details. So for example, they've entered lots of different racing formats, including rally, as I mentioned, super touring, DTM, GT racing, Le Mans, and most recently Formula E, as well as the Dakar rally. And if you don't know what Formula E is, it's it's F1 with batteries and squeaky tires, (laughs) Um, and including all of those formats, just this year alone, they've completed the 532 races. Do you want to guess how many podiums they've had? Podiums? Uh, and that could include like multiple car entries going into those as well. Ooh,
0: I reckon a third. So what is that? 170, let's say.
1: So they have had 405 podiums. Oh my gosh. About 75%. That's yeah. ridiculous. Which is outrageous. Um. So, so yeah, this year alone, a very successful team. But um, the most sort of the biggest thing I could read about when I researched about them is sort of their attitude to innovation. It's something they've been infamous for. Um, so, for example, Le Mans, they've kind of got different categories of car and they were called prototypes and what have you. And so um, the, the car they entered um, halfway through the early noughties was actually a diesel. And so they entered the diesel-powered engine into um, just sort of the, the prototype um, section, so to speak of. Um, and they, and most, car, most racing cars don't use pe- uh, diesel because diesel actually heavier than petrol, which didn't actually know about. Um, but anyway, so they entered this diesel car um, and they actually won uh, sort of two years in a row in 2007, 2008, and then lost in 2009 when Peugeot copied them <laughs> um, in the Le Mans 2009. Um, and then in 10 years of that sort of car racing, they reduced the intake of diesel or sorry, the usage of diesel in the car by 45%, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Um, it's really, it's a real shame actually, because they eventually left Le Mans as a racing team because of one, they're owned by a Volkswagen. So they had a massive emission scandal, which didn't help their 45% yeah. claim at all. Um, and you know they're having to pay huge fines so having a racing team that was wasting loads of money isn't particularly good for the brand and actually lost the racing parts um of the Volkswagen group to Porsche who'd also entered the Le Mans as well so um rather than having two sports teams two motorsport teams they had one which is a bit of a shame um I'll get to this point why I'm making this point in a minute Uh, but overall they've had 13 wins at Le Mans which is second in the all-time list which is just behind, just behind Porsche and ahead of Ferrari, nice, which I didn't know about. Um, and so, from the rallying perspective, um, they were world champions twice in nineteen eighty 1980 and nineteen eighty two. Um, and believe it or not, were the very first team to introduce four wheel drive into um, the world rallying oh, world rally championship. Um, Wait, because their slogan, were...
0: um, "Vorsprung Dirk Technik," are the horrendous pronunciation that'll be, but. uh it means something like to lead by technology or something, doesn't it? So I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I did. I did mean to look that up, but I completely forgot. Um, yeah, it's like led so by yeah, technology so or something like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but so there's a very small tangent. They there's a really interesting story. Well, the rumour to be the story is that in 1979, when they were thinking about sending it, creating a rally car into the championship. They sent a chap over from Germany to France to join the FAA meeting, whatever it was, and be like, Can we get this rule changed on page uh 90, uh, section A, <laughs> item three. Paragraph whatever. seven. Um, master one, yeah. And uh at the very end of the meeting, he 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 pipes up and says, Oh, you know, can we change this rule um to allow four by four cars? At the time, Audi didn't really make sports cars, and so they were like, this little pokey company aren't going to, be able to make anything yeah, that's world on. championship worthy. So you know what? Screw it. We'll change the rules. Uh, you have a go at it, and then within three years, they built a, a, um, a, a, a built a championship winning car, um, nice. which was which is um, yeah very very rapid. It's a high bar set for them coming to F1. So exactly, that's what I'm getting to. So what does this kind of mean for F1? So Audi is a team you know historically. History of innovation, um, including the two bits I've mentioned, but you know, there's because there's new rules coming there. in in
0: 26 as well, isn't there? That's the next rule change year, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's moving towards a more of a hybrid approach, and there's yeah, because I they're things. getting rid.
0: There's like a huge part of the
1: engine the UK having, yeah. is going, yeah, which is the the hybrid turbo, I think, yeah. which reallocates the energy from the electrical energy into the engine. Yeah. I think something like that apparently just breaks all the time. It was the stupidest thing in F1 according to what everyone says. I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, so as a team and as a, as a brand, very very innovative. Um, but the thing is, F1 doesn't really allow for innovation yeah. that much aside from aero and then things like the steering and suspension. Um so realistically, how much, how much they can they yeah. innovate? Yeah. And on top of that, there's like cost caps and, you know, they're also inheriting the Sauber machine and team who, uh, you know, aren't exactly performing well. <laughs> they've had one win ever, I think, in 30 years of racing. They've signed Valtteri Bossas, which tells you what you need to know. Mm. And they've got um, you know, Guizang Zhu, the Chinese driver, I can't pronounce his name, <laughs> um, who actually is doing, actually doing the right job. Um, in yep. the car
0: every um, bit of me every bit of me wants them just to let lamborghini do all of it and it will be terrible but it'll look amazing it'll look class yeah <laughs> it'll break down immediately yeah it won't it'll even make set on fire line. every race yeah
1: <laughs> but it'll be the prettiest f1 car you've ever seen it'll be look stunning yeah um so yeah so if you Thinking, thinking about it from a statist- statistical perspective, then your money is they're worth a bet. But if you're considering the sort of the beast of what F one is, then you put your money elsewhere. It'd be interesting to see like what the
0: odds are on them winning a race in the first
1: season or something like that. I, de- I mean, it depends. depends who their drivers are. It Depends who they sign. I mean, yeah. they may even get someone like a Lewis Hamilton that fancies a year. Just one one final year in the new regulations to see what it's like and then we'll call it quits. I can pay him he gets, fifty
0: million a year or whatever.
1: Yeah, or I don't know. Who else can they bring back? Maybe a a Holkenberg or something who's still keen. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, so very, very good motorsport team, uh, history, innovation and whatnot, but you know, inheriting Salba. so yeah, we shall see what happens Got on the back but, foot A little bit. A little bit, yeah. I Like trying to run a race with one leg, kind of thing.
0: No, it'd be good. It'd be good to have another team. It'd be interesting. Mix mix things up a bit. Nice. Well, it's,
1: it's not really another team, but yeah, it's yeah. a nice it's a nice change. And, yeah, I didn't realise yeah, they were they so like successful
0: everything. in other forms. Actually, that was genuinely an yeah. eye genuinely. opener. Um, nice. Right, should we get into to Aussie stuff? Yes, uh, I actually have a fan submission. Oh, yeah. Related to this. Love actually, these. I forgot about last week, um, but it ties in brilliantly. So I'm going to pretend that it was deliberate that it was left for this week. Um, so this is from one of our biggest fans, Richard Maber, uh, on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, so he wrote in uh, to talk about um, an Australian sports person who's played high level in two sports after your, um, Ashley Barty section oh ash barty uh, yeah yeah so uh he said do you not do you guys not even know who elise perry is well no sadly um but he wrote in to say how um she's um almost certainly played with barty in cricket um, but she's one of the greatest all-rounders in women's cricket and has played for australia in both cricket and football uh, and she has played in a cricket and a football World Cup. Which I thought was, oh, really? Yeah, which I thought was really impressive uh, and and great niche knowledge from uh, from Richard there. Um, but yeah, so clearly there's something about Australian women and being ludic- ludicrously good at two different sports. It's sport, yeah. Um, yeah, that's quite cool. It's playing sport. a playing a World Cup in two different sports is that's properly cool. That's a good accolade to have, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, she? Did she win
1: either World Cup or? I don't know. I I, did I, I didn't look.
0: Uh, I haven't actually read into her. I was just uh, going off of what uh, Mr. Richard has told us. Um, might look. Maybe we'll do like an all-rounders uh, week or something um, where she can get mentioned. But yeah, at least Perry wants to wants to look up. Um, yeah. So What's my it? my Australia week. I'd I too. Given that um, Reese isn't here. Uh, I'll do one a bit shorter, and that is the hockey one. Um, finally going to talk about hockey a little bit more on the podcast. Um, well, I sport, every remember. <laughs> yeah, but not for too long. Um, so I'm going to talk about the uh, Australia men's hockey team, and specifically at the Commonwealth Games. So obviously, recently had the Commonwealth Games finish in, was it Birmingham? Um, mm-hmm. And Australia won the men's hockey. And they beat... Uh, India 7-0 in the final having, 7-0? yeah having beaten uh, England 2-1 or 3-2 I think it was 2-1 in the semi-final um, just pipped England in the semi-final um, but it shouldn't really come as a surprise that Australia won the men's hockey um, hockey is featured in the Commonwealth Games for seven tournaments so from 1998 through to this year and um, would you care to guess how many of those seven tournaments they have won gold at? Won gold at, yeah. Oh.
1: Um, how many of the seven have they won gold? I'm assuming India must have won at least once. Has South Africa won it? I don't think so. England may have won it once. So let's call it four. Four out of the seven. All seven. All seven. Oh,
0: really? <laughs> they've won all seven. What? They've won all seven Commonwealth Games that hockey's been played at. Um, so they played forty-two games in total across the seven tournaments. Because um, you have four group
1: games and then it's semi-final, final. They are. are you going to tell me some outrageous like how many goals they've conceded? Stats. Is that where this is going? Um,
0: they are forty-one and one. They've only lost one game, and that what? was you know, even just one. And that was back in 1998, so Jesus. they're on like a thirty. I think it was the, their second game in 1998, so they're on a forty win streak. Um, they lost. That loss was three two to South Africa in a group game, but they still went on and won the tournament. So who cares? <laughs> um, guess guess their aggregate score line in the across the seven finals. So they've won all seven. Seven finals, seven wins. Um, they won this year's final seven nil. What do you think the total scoreline is across all seven finals added up?
1: Uh, added up. Yep. So I've got to assume seven is an is an anomaly here. Surely they didn't win all seven seven nil or something silly. So maybe <laughs> maybe like I don't know, fifteen two or something. So yeah, more than that, It'd be 20, twenty-two. I'm going. They
0: have conceded two goals. You're correct across seven okay. finals. They've conceded only two that's goals, disgusting. and they've scored thirty-three. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> <laughs> so their average score line in the final is basically five-nil. And that's, that's I just crazy. reading about that, just unbelievable to be that dominant across what twenty-four years, so several mm-hmm. generations of team. Um. And yeah, thirty-three two total scoreline, including a
1: seven 0 win this year. What's even more ridiculous is that hockey is what like the sixth favourite sport in Australia, isn't it? Maybe yeah. even lower. Yeah, unbelievable. After and like, yeah, come snakes, Games or something.
0: You've got some you've got some serious teams in there. India, England, South Africa, like you said, it's not that they're the only really good team. So um yeah, madness. Absolute madness um how about well have they done
1: at the olympics though that's the question um is that are they just as, as dominant or uh nowhere
0: near quite i think new zealand i want to say won the last one um but they've, they've definitely won a lot um because obviously you when know, the jamie dwyer was pretty um impressive so just having quickly looked it up obviously great Ooh, Britain won.
1: Everyone won gold medal in the Olympics.
0: Oh, wow, yeah. So dominated by... So the last six, going back, well, 2016 was Argentina, then Germany, Germany, Australia, Netherlands, Netherlands. That does surprise me. Yeah, so clearly, just uh, not really... not really timing it right. Or it does turn out that Commonwealth Games, Commonwealth teams are rubbish, but... (laughs)
1: What does it make you think, right? The, are team's not really trying for the Commonwealth, or are they using different players for the Commonwealth versus the Olympics? Because no idea. In, England definitely have
0: England definitely have their full strongest team out. Yeah, um, yeah. So They're I right thought those hard, those, those stats were just just laughable. It's
1: outrageous. <laughs> Absolutely seven outrageous. Seven.
0: Um, and then uh, you you go next actually, and then I'll 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 do my second one if if we if we're still interested.
1: Fair. Um, super. So mine, I didn't really know what to do this week. Um, and somehow I was talking to a friend and we got talking about um, how bad England, the England cricket team are in Australia. And most notably about the Ashes we we're referring to. Because so nice. they, they haven't won a, a, an Ashes test match well, so they haven't won the, the Ashes in Australia since the, the 70s, I think it is. Like 1978 something ridiculous. And we kind of celebrate a draw in an Ashes oh, test yeah. series. Um, and go absolutely mental. Um, so what I've done is I've had a look, I've looked into two sports to look at the home advantage of Australia in both cricket and rugby. Um, just because I was just wondering if it was just super hard to plop yourself in Australia and then win a game or if, it, if there was something else going on or if it was just England cricket team are just pathetic, um, abroad. Um, so I've got a couple of stats to go with it as well. So between 2000 and 2020, so before COVID, um, do you want to guess the win percentage of Australia, the international Australian cricket team, for test, test matches, test matches. Um, yeah, between that, in that period, in that time period. Home or everywhere? Uh, Just at home, playing everyone in those 20 years. It's played 115 tests.
0: Oh, it's got to be high. 80% win?
1: Slightly lower, it's 72%. Yeah, still very, very impressive. Which is is massive. And do you want to guess the same for England? And they've played 137 tests.
0: England at home...
1: 60 57. Nice. So, so yeah, it's a well, roughly a, a 15% difference between the two teams. But if you're yeah, home, um, but then interestingly, would you, would you like to guess the win percentage of Australia away out of 104 tests between 2000 and 2020?
0: I mean, they're still bloody good. I'll go fifty percent. I think they must have won. Yeah, yeah.
1: B- bang on, bang on fifty percent. Um, and yeah, they're, they're very similar to. I mean, their their losing rate goes from twelve percent at home to twenty six percent when they're away. Um, it is worth mentioning before you bring it up. This does include some of the years with David Warner, um, and. The, the rest of the cheats. So really, sand using, paper, winning, yeah. yeah, the sandpaper was waiting for them. Um, and whatever, whatever have you? That's the reason uh, we disgusting. were getting all out for seventy-three. <laughs> oh, that's the one. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, do you want Yeah. So, would you like to guess what's um, England's away stats are? The win percentage. That's going be out of fifteen and fifteen. Twenty percent. Oh, you can't, come on. I know you, you pretend to be Welsh. But you've got to give us more than that.
0: I don't think... It'll be shocking. I Because every Australian one will be a loss. So this isn't just... Sorry, this isn't
1: just versus Australia. This
0: is versus everyone. Yeah, but we play Australia a lot. I'm
1: twenty 25% at most. True. It's 31%. Yeah, So it 11% better than you thought, which, um, which is an important 11%, I feel. <laughs> Um, but yeah so I mean the, the, I think the key takeaway from that is that yeah f- it, Australia 15% more likely to win at home compared to England which doesn't seem massive but actually it kind of is when you play yeah. um the huge amount of tests that they are um, but again yeah that 15% is probably cheats, so we won't <laughs> read into, any more into that um, so then moving on to Rugby Union um, so between the same Time of 2000 to, between 2000 and 2020, and uh, this time just between England and Australia. First off, do you know who has won the most out of England between England, England and Australia? Oh. When they face each other 27
0: times. I reckon it's 14 13 to someone. I reckon it's dead, dead close. I'm going to go England by a smidge. England
1: are ahead, but it's 18 to 9.
0: Oh, that's way more they than I'd have expected.
1: Significantly ahead. Yeah, yeah, that is surprising. Um so the win rates, the sort of the home advantage in Australia is completely different compared to cricket. So the win rate in Australia is 40%. Uh, they've won four out of the ten matches they've hosted in Australia against, against England. Um and therefore England's win rate is now 60 percent. Um England's win rate at home, would you like to guess that'll be high what it is? Seventies, eighties? Sixty six percent. So ten out of fifteen, 15 have won. Um and then there's two neutral stadiums where England have won both and they were both World Cups in oh seven and um twenty nineteen. I think both quarter finals as well. Um so yeah, so England turns out there's no real big sort of bogey thing that going to Australia is terrifying and there's you know, snakes who are in your bathroom. <laughs> come, up, come up to the toilet while you're on the bog. Um, it's just the English cricket team just cannot perform in Australia, yeah. um, unfortunately. And then I did just a completely – another side tangent because I love these. Um, I was reading another white paper into the home advances of it, sort of the domestic sports that they play, at e.g., Aussie rules and the National Rugby League and the Super Rugby League and the research they've done into the home advantage. And, uh, you know, it's really generic stuff they've got down in terms of what the effects is on um, the players in terms of unfamiliar territory. um, You know, crowd noise, you upset your routine if you don't know where you're in a random changing room. Um, Your mum isn't there to wake up in the morning (laughs) make you a cup of tea kind of thing. Uh, It turns out there's massive referee bias um, for... Yeah, so the the reference was um in the Aussie Rules League. If you were in the Victoria area, I think that's what it is. A Victorian team refereed by a Victorian Victoria based referee, you get more free kicks than you do if you're not from that area. Wow. So there was quite a large bias. Yeah. Um which also contributes to the home advantage. Um that was this oh, like, yeah, definitely. From, that, from that paper. Um but yeah, I thought it Interesting stats. I'm um, glad that there's not just this uh, this cloud over Australia. We can't perform there. So hopefully, hopefully in a couple of years, we might even win Ashes there.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and obviously the Lions go back there in a couple of years. Uh, oh no, they're going, yeah, it's Australia, isn't it? 2025. So that'd be good as well to watch.
0: I plan on going. Oh yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, it's my, um, I'd love to go. And it'll be um, my dad's 60th that summer. Oh, so, that's a good good reason to go. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the current plan, but life, I'm sure, will get in the way of it.
1: Need to get you like a sporting average T-shirt or something. Yeah. To go flog it over there. <laughs> exactly. Get, <laughs> like on, get on the big screen or, or something. More <laughs> <cheats>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Cool. Should I should I do my last one? Should I do my last one? Yeah. Last why not. Um, So my last one is on arguably the greatest. Australian sports person, arguably the Ooh. greatest sports person ever. You'd probably have to include Ooh. them in that discussion. Um, and that is the uh, late great uh, Bradman, Don uh, Bradman, the uh, Test cricketer. Um, so, so, is that, is this that, is that, was that Don back- Bradman? You said? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So um, this was back in the uh, 20s and 30s, Um, I think as early as the 20s, definitely the 30s, 1930s, Um, Australian cricketer um, and truly, yeah, one of, if not the greatest of all time. Um, So played 52 matches, uh, test matches for Australia, scored 6,996 runs, and has a batting average of ninety nine point nine, which is one of the best stats I think. Ninety nine
1: point nine. Yes.
0: So in, in, his, in Test cricket, it, his Test batting average was ninety nine point nine.
1: No. So for those who don't it was know, higher. I not think
0: it was that okay. high. Batting average is your total run scored divided by how many times you got out. So per innings, he would average ninety nine point nine runs crazy um, he in 52 matches he got 2900s um and he had a top score of 334 that's enormous is that, uh, absolutely is that, enormous is that a record no 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 the um oh who's got the record um
1: wasn't there like a uh, first- class county cricket a no, the record of four hundred. The
0: record's four hundred and one not out, I believe. Um, how do I know this? My mind's gone blank. It's not Tendulkar, um, the West Indies batter. Oh, Brian Lara. Brian Lara, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah so some further stats it was against England, actually. Yeah, I think it was against England. It was against England. Oh God! Um, so so bad at cricket. Some some further stats around Bradman, just because they are mind blowing. Some of the numbers. So he played thirty-seven matches against England, averaging eighty-nine. Um, <laughs> okay. he's cool. His batting average against India was one hundred and seventy-nine. Against the West Indies, it was seventy-four, and against South Africa, it was two hundred and two. No <laughs> way. <laughs> um, yeah. It's enormous. So he, yeah, he played five matches against South Africa, scoring eight hundred and six runs. And only getting out four times. Jesus, got two nine nine not out. Is a high score against South Africa. Um, oh, that's brutal though, isn't it? Yeah. So just as um, uh, so for his to put his batting average into context at ninety nine point nine, no other player in history who has more than twenty Test matches, so n- no one that counts basically, has more than sixty two. And he is on 99.9. So that is just That's a massive difference ahead. Um, and yeah, so just quickly, um, these are some of the records that he holds to this day. Um, so highest career batting average, highest series batting average, which was the 202 against South Africa across the series. <laughs> uh, he is the highest percentage of centuries per innings at 36%. Uh, Highest percentage of double centuries at 15%, highest century conversion rate from a 50 of 69%, um, and highest double century conversion from a century of 41%, which means that... those Those are outrageous. All of those numbers are just staggering, just absolutely staggering. Um, And he's got loads more records to this day, most double centuries, most triple centuries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But purely for the stats side of things, um, I'm sure we'll do an entire week on um, episode on like goats and uh, greatest of all time. Um, But this is so putting him in the conversation of the greatest just sports person of all time. um, An interesting way of doing it um was there's a statistician called Charles Davis who analyzed the stats for several prominent sports people. Um by and the way the way he did it, which I thought was quite interesting, was calculating the number of standard deviations they were above the average for their sport in the main category. So um so standard deviations, yeah, is a way of mentoring um distance from mean um oh this is going to test me and my university statistics i think one standard deviation is puts you at 62 percent two standard deviations is um 90 of all results should be within two deep standard deviations and then 95 percent of results should be within three standard deviations i think is how it works um i'd need to double check that but it's something like that so the more standard deviations you are from the mean, the more unusual that result is. Um, so for some of these, so Michael Jordan, his points per game in basketball was 3.4 standard deviations higher than average, um, which is sort of, yeah, you, once you're three and a half standard deviations, you're in like 99 percentile, you're in you're in very much the top 1% yeah. of yeah. pro basketball players that would be. Um, Jack Nicklaus in golf, um, his major titles, which I think is eighteen, is three point five standard deviations above average. Pele goals per game in in football um, is three point seven standard deviations above the average player of goals per game. Um, and then Bradman, his batting. So that's so th- those are kind of Pele, Jack Nicklaus, Michael Jordan have always considered in the GOAT conversation for their respective sports. Yeah. And they're all in the 3.4, 3.6, 3.7 sort of... This is going to be massive, isn't it? So Bradman's batting average is 4.4 standard deviations above the average, which that might not seem like much. Oh, 3.4 versus 4.4. In standard deviations, that is massive. That's absolutely Mm -hmm. massive statistically. Um, And that just shows just how ridiculous... His, his kind of that statistic is he's four and a half deviations better than the average batter for his batting average um, and it just shows that no other athlete has kind of dominated their sport arguably as much as Bradman because he's that much better um, which I thought was uh, was pretty uh, pretty impressive um, yeah. But yeah absolutely crazy so uh, well done Bradman um, just properly. Did you say he was only in fifty two tests though? Uh, yeah, fifty two matches. So how come? How come so few? I think just, Surely, just I mean, in the thirties, that's how much they played.
1: Oh, of course, um, um, the world wars. Yeah. So
0: just on that standard deviation thing as well, um, a basketball. For, so to have the same standard deviation as him, um, a basketball player would need to average forty three points per game. Um, and the record is thirty points per game career average. The record currently highest is thirty, and a player would need forty three to be as statistically dominant as Bradman.
1: That's a huge jump, which it's is a huge yeah.
0: jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, absolutely mad, absolutely mad. So proper legend, and I am sure if if and when we do a greatest of all time week, uh, he will he will definitely be be up there
1: yeah for sure and uh no doubt he wasn't cheating
0: <laughs> yeah no stamp <laughs> paper
1: classic aussies cheats yeah, it's dirty aussies cheating <laughs>
0: i don't think we've got any listeners in australia so we can get away with it just slagging them off
1: oh. <laughs> so we're gonna get some death threats in the post won't we yeah, yeah.
0: nice good uh good aussie stats there i enjoyed that some, yeah, some I did as of well. Stuff, it's been some nice stuff, and and
1: some. I've really enjoyed not having the uh, annoying little Welshman, annoying little Welshman as well. Yeah, well, the other annoying him. Welshman. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> we miss him, really. We miss him. Really. He'll be back next episode. I don't miss him. Hopefully, uh, I'm, I wonder if anyone. Kind of I'm impressed. the episode on and just, oh, Reese isn't here this week. Immediately turns it off. Guys, it's not worth <laughs> it. <laughs> They're only listening
1: for Cadman. <laughs> very much doubt it. Um, but I'm I'm very impressed that I now know what standard deviation is because no one could have seen my face as you explaining it, but I was completely lost.
0: I thought you, um, yeah, I thought you were you were in there, but no, it's basically a way of measuring how unusual something is, and um, it's kind of another way of testing if something is like if a dice is fixed or something. You can. If if it's certain standard deviations away from what you expect, you can kind of assume it's the dice is fixed or whatever games are games are loaded against
1: you. Yeah,
0: no, I see. Good old stats that you oh, cool. many moons ago. Uh, and uh,
1: yeah, first, well, another submission as well from Richard Mather. Yeah, the podcast, no. it turns out to be he loves yeah. it. He
0: loves it. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, thank you, Richard. But yeah. Um, if if anyone else wants to get in touch. Uh, Twitter at SportinglyAVG and then uh, email is podcast.sportinglyaverage at gmail.com so get in touch if you have if we missed any Aussies that you want to talk about uh, or, or any Australia stats uh, next episode we haven't uh, we haven't decided a theme yet have we? I've got a few in mind but yeah. um, got a few in the back burner that we need to, we need to pick between um, but if nothing else Thanks for listening, and see you in the next episode, chap.
1: Hopefully with Rich. Thank you very much. Yeah. No Hopefully, yeah. Stay in Australia. Yeah, just to cancel one. Keep them away. Yeah. Keep the quality yeah. up. Don't <laughs> dilute the quality. Yeah, F one only going forward. <laughs> no more NFL. <laughs>